Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Weekly Podcast for the week ending Friday the 27th of August with me, Peter Watson. I'm joined this week by Duncan Balcon, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi Duncan, how are you doing today? Hi Peter, I'm really well thank you, really excited to be back on the podcast, it's been oh, a while. It's brilliant. It's been it's been well, it's been at least a couple of years, hasn't it? Um, it feels that so, way. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, yes, I thought what we what we do today uh, rattle through um, a load of things as per usual. Um, I'm going to try and go through the macro, especially as quick as I can, because um, well, uh, let's let's Dun- Duncan has Duncan has got l- lives to save, um, you know, people people to see. Uh, and buses to catch, uh, etc. So, um, uh, <laughs> that, so anyway. that and there's just that and there's just such a weight of other stories. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. So, so right, let's go through it. So, uh, on the macro front, um, US is doing another stimulus. So you got uh, it's quite impressive that um, Joe Biden managed to get another stimulus through, um, and um, you know, so it's going to be three point five trillion dollars. Details going to be fleshed out the rest of this year, uh, and this is, comes in 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 uh, in addition to all the other stuff that he's been doing recently. So, at least his economic plans are on track. Uh, Afghanistan plans <laughs> maybe slightly not quite as not quite how he, what he expected. Um, anyway, um, moving on. Um, South Korea raised their interest rates from 0.5 to 0.75 percent. Um, you know, and this is really a bid to try to rein in the household debt, which increased by 10.3 percent in the second quarter versus last year. Uh, and also red hot property prices, um, which have risen by 14.3 percent between July last year and this year. Uh, this is the steepest rise since 2002. So almost two decades. You can see I've used my amazing uh, uh, mental arithmetic skills there to work that one out. Right. I, I'm uh, more terrified that 2002 was nearly two decades ago. I know. I know. There you go. <laughs> um, so absolutely amazing. Um, uh, but I, you know, are, are, uh, are other countries going to be doing the same thing in, in the region? Uh, I'm not quite sure yet, but... Um, you know, they are the biggest, uh, uh, you know, economy in the region to have put their uh, interest rates up. Um, other than that, in, you know, back in Europe, um, you keep there's there's loads of stuff about Germans losing confidence and, and in terms of, um, you know, economic confidence, um, all, all sorts of surveys, including the IFO survey. Um, and so, you know, this is worrying not only for Germany, but also for Europe, because Germany drives Europe, essentially. So and then, of course, we are going into um, the elections going to be next month where Merkel is going to say a, a tearful goodbye and someone is going to say a tearful hello um, <laughs> in terms of being a chancellor. Um, next thing is uh, confidence in the UK's service economy was also hit. Latest CBI survey. Um, talks about ongoing concerns about the impact of supply shortages and rising costs, which is basically what what is happening pretty much everywhere you look at the moment. Um, also in the UK, you've got HS2 getting scaled um, or looks like it's going to get scaled back. Um, I don't think that's 
very surprising considering how much it costs and how much money we the uh the government's got to save um then you've got wales looking at putting smrs or small modular reactors uh into existing nuclear sites or existing or old nuclear sites um i think this is really interesting so remember it's a story from a few weeks ago where um we had uh, rolls royce had uh, got the go ahead to uh, to make these um these smrs so they cost about 10% of what it would normally cost uh, to make a nuclear power plant. Um, it, they cost about $2 billion to make, and they they are about the size of two football pitches. So basically, if you remember the number two, um, you're probably uh, in, the right, uh, in, the, in the right vicinity there. Um, but anyway, um, all very interesting. I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, Rolls-Royce think this could, this could be their next big thing and could uh, dwarf its uh, existing uh, engines business, because remember, uh, Rolls-Royce is not a car company. It is an engineering company that makes engines. Um, anyway, um, apart from that, um, you've got um, signs of recovery in the city. Uh, uh, so, sorry, in, in terms of city airport, because they're getting more confidence uh, about business uh, travel returning next year. Uh, and also there are other signs of, of recovery as well. You've got uh, footfall rising in the in the West End. Uh, so Woo-hoo! that's... Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, so I think that's that's really good as well. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Um, on the on the downside, though, uh, South Africa jobless rate hit thirty four point four percent, which sounds absolutely horrendous. Um, and, uh, you know, that's because uh, lots of companies have just been cutting staff due to the economic impact of the pandemic. So if you think things are bad, have a, you know, spare a thought, uh, spare a thought for them um the um uh, the uh, the news article that i um that i saw that had that in um it was quite a sad picture it was uh, of a load of guys um standing what and what looked like a street corner they got a bit of cardboard and holding out in front of them um saying you know um carpenter or plumber or something and just obviously standing around hoping for work so uh yeah pretty pretty bad at the moment Okay, so let's get into other stuff. So the other stuff um, I was, was going to talk about, try to, let's try and cover uh, supply chain, retail, new things and individual stories. Um, <laughs> so, um, so in terms of supply chain, you're going to hear me talk about supply chain loads, um, especially from now on. Um, uh, you know, I, I commented quite uh, quite a lot of it this this uh, this week um, that there's a lot of suffering going on as outbreaks of coronavirus in Vietnam, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, and Thailand. Everything's being felt at the moment. Thus, so uh, Vietnam in particular has done really well in the last few years as manufacturers have tried to diversify away from over reliance on China um, by uh, going elsewhere in the region. And uh, Vietnam has been one of the net gainers in that regard. Um, now, the problem is, is that um, until now, uh, though some of those countries, especially Vietnam, has actually been able to control the uh, virus by um, containment. So uh, stopping movement anywhere. I think I think there were stories about people sleeping where they work, uh, all that kind of thing as well. But now the Delta variants there, um, that's kind of put uh, put put the spanner in the works. Um, and so that is really quite uh, it really is quite tricky um, at the moment. Um, so you've got lots of um, uh, global manufacturers there who really rely on Vietnam. Uh, you've got Adidas, Crocs even. Um, Fun facts, fun facts alert. Um, Vietnam produces over 30% of the American shoe imports. And this is the number two supplier of shoes and apparel to the US after only China. 
I hope you were sitting down when I told you that. Um, Considering the relative size of the two countries, that is quite impressive. It is, isn't it? It In terms of the actual output of the country, that is really impressive. So that's that's quite concerning if if there's going to be issues uh, in Vietnam and the region on on the whole. Exactly. And the other thing as well is that um, things are so bad that um, companies, including Nike and Gap, have actually written to Joe Biden to ask him to increase... U.S. vaccine uh, vaccine donations to the country, um, unbelievable. So, so they're so, obviously, they're obviously panicking that that they're going to dry up products wise if if something doesn't happen soon, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. So it's an absolute shocker. It's an absolute shocker. Anyway, um, moving on, we've got industries across the UA, uh, UA, the UK, um, getting hit by supply chain problems as well. I mean, you, you're going to be reading this on a daily basis. So. Um, uh, so, you know, you've got uh, McDonald's cutting milkshakes and, and bottled drinks, Nando's closing stores because of lack of chicken, City Pub Group, I think it was a City Pub Group, that was run out of Prosecco, which I thought was quite funny because, you know, in, in the, in, if you're in the City of London, if, you, if you're a mega deal maker, I don't think you're going to buy Prosecco, you're going to buy the expensive champagne <coughs> Um, all day long, get a bit of the dom out, get the get the bolly out. They don't want any of this this um, prosecco malarkey. Um, <laughs> so apologies for any Italians um, <laughs> or, or uh, prosecco drinkers listening to this. I'm very sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Um, but anyway, um, apart from that, you've got uh, you know, the re- UK retail sector is at its lowest undersupply levels um, uh, for I, I don't know, uh, lo- well the lowest on records. So minus twenty one percent. Um, you've got the um, the Recruitment and Employment Confederation, a.k.a. REC. Uh, that represents UK recruiters. And it said that there's going to be a shortage of labour well into next year. Um, and it is also likely. So we've heard increasing um, warnings about Christmas uh, and how Christmas is not. It, it could very well be affected if nothing is done about it now. There's loads of pressure on the government to try to um, uh, you know, issue temporary visas um, in order to, uh, to, to help with the shortage of workers, especially drivers. But at the moment, they're having none of it. Um, but I personally think that um, what the government has to do is to wait for a bit because it needs to satisfy the Brexiteers who will say, uh, you know, you're just giving up uh, too too easily. Uh, I think what they want, I, I would imagine, what they want is they want to see more dramatic pictures of nothing on shelves, rotting um, uh, 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 fruit and veg in fields and in trees and stuff um, before they start. They say, actually, OK, let's do something. So um, so anyway, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're putting a, a brave face in it at the moment. Um I thought there was another very interesting story about how, uh, which illustrates the shortage of workers in certain industries this week. Um, the Association of Independent Meat Suppliers, which is the industry body that represents butchers, abattoirs and processors, um, they they talked to the Ministry of Justice earlier on this week in order to talk about how its members could recruit more current and ex-offenders. And, interestingly enough, um, those uh, ex uh, um armed services uh people i mean sounds pretty awful but i guess you you do need a certain type of person who can who can do that uh, who's got strong enough stomach to do that kind of job um i do remember reading something on bbc quite quite a while ago um that was uh written by someone 
who worked in an abattoir and said uh, it really, you know, they it really took a mental toll on them. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it sounds awful and uh, I don't mean to be a downer, but, you know, of all the animals they've killed uh, and you just think, oh, you know, it, it, it is actually a very tough job, I think. Anyway, I, see, I, <clears throat> I read that ahead. and queried whether uh, ex-offenders psychologically are the right people to have in that environment. But Well, yes, depend, I suppose it depends what they've done, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Do, do you really want to put a very sharp blade in the hands of someone that might have been locked up for a violent crime? Well, I would argue probably not. Yes, so I'd be interested to see which ex-offenders they use. Yes, and exactly. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just exactly. to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And I mean, obviously, uh, it's good to integrate uh, offenders back into society. Absolutely. So I think that they, you know, obviously don't want to... Um, yeah, they're more likely to to be able to integrate. Um, but yes, uh, you you do wonder um, what what the criteria is going to be. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, come back to the other story though. Christmas could be could be an interesting one because yes. as well as as well as shoes and apparel, a lot of toys are made out in Vietnam and like area. And if we've got an issue with abattoirs and logistics, you've got then kind of toys and meat, chicken being the obvious one, or turkey. Yeah. Not. A being produced quickly enough, and B not being transported quickly enough. Can you can you imagine having a Christmas dinner with no with no no meat and no and no for some people obviously not everyone has meat, but but for uh, with no meat and no toys on Christmas Day could be quite an interesting Christmas. Well, Duncan, I mean maybe they'll just have to bring bring forward veganuary, and it will have to be a vegan. <laughs> it will have to be a, ve- a vegan and leather free. Christmas, won't it? Really? Uh, so, so uh, you know, there you go. problem solved. Yeah, yeah. No vegan, turkeys this year. Vegan Christmas. Vegan Christmas. Um, so, um, yeah, load load up on the pulses. Um, so, um, <laughs> I, still, I still can't believe Nando's ran out of chicken. That that. I mean, that's I laughed. Bad, at, isn't it? When that's McDonald's bad. ran out of chicken a couple of months ago, I laughed at that. But Nando's yeah. running out of chicken is a hot, it's, you're a chicken no. restaurant. How'd you run out of chicken? No, that that is <laughs> it is bad, isn't it? It is bad. It's, it, yeah, I should laugh because it's, it's an awful situation. But yeah, yeah. No, needs fixing. Indeed, indeed. Um, so uh, so anyway, um, uh, well, so uh, apart from that, uh, we've got so. There was I, I put something in today's uh, Watson's Daily, which is talking about HGV drivers. Um, they're obviously they are really in in demand at the moment. Um, their pay has gone up by ten percent in five months um, so far. So that is pretty amazing um, as well. Yeah, anyone else jealous? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to say, I do. I do reckon that. Um, it's a, I, I would have thought you're still pretty good um, for, for a good few years as an HGV driver. I mean, first mm. of all, I do not see demand going down. Uh, I think no. it's going to go up. I mean, you know, there's going to be more, uh, more e-commerce. There's going to be more warehousing because of what's happened in the, you know, over the last year and people thinking, well, actually, you can't do just in time anymore. We need to actually hold stuff they're going to hold stuff they need to transport it to the warehouses and then they need to transport it away from the warehouses and whatever anyone says about these blooming um fleets of lorries going up and down the the m1 or whatever um i don't believe it i just don't believe it i think you know if any of those things go if 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 a lorry if a remotely driven lorry goes wrong it's going to go very wrong um and I just don't believe it. I really feel that uh, human drivers are going to be around for, I would say, I'm going to put it out there and I reckon at least five to 10 years. No problem. 
Um, and so, and by the way, just in case anyone listening to this does go and they find it, say, let's say seven years and it doesn't go well, uh, then I apologize in advance. But this isn't advice or career, official careers advice, just to let you know. But I do think that, you know, five to 10 years, I would have thought, surely it'll be okay. I, I, uh, I hope so, because with my other hat on, the idea yeah. of driverless lorries terrifies me. Uh, yes, of course it does. Of course it does. Um, Lorry crashes are bad in, in, in the first place without having no human there to try and prevent a crash. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, so I think that uh, it's interesting that that, 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 that is going on um, in terms of shipping though. Um, mm-hmm. That was also quite interesting this week. So um, at the moment where there's, there's a lack of containers, uh, sea containers, and um, and and actually, it turns out that there's there's a lack of vessels as well to to cart these things around. Um, and I think if you if you take that into account, the Suez, you know, the Suez blockage into account, mm. the recent closure of Ningbo in uh, China, which is the world's third largest um, port. Uh, shipping, you know, shipping ports that uh, that had to close down because of coronavirus case, and then opened up. You know, all of these things. Uh, plus, you've got shortage of. I mean, it's just, it's it is just an absolute disaster um, at, at at the moment. Um, and yeah, there's it really. Uh, we've gone from having an absolute disaster last year, nothing going on, to demand picking up for absolutely everything very quickly um and now um i think that things are st- the wheels are starting to fall off yeah absolutely so uh <laughs> next thing retail um so in the retail uh, in, in retail fields um so cbi's latest stats show that retail sales rose this month their fastest pace in almost seven years um but most uh, the majority of retailers are putting up their prices uh, and I guess that, you know, they're taking the fact, uh, the advantage of the fact that consumers are willing to pay those higher prices. So so they're putting them up. Um, another thing is uh, that was interesting this week is that M&S's share price hit its highest level since the pandemic started. Um, and they are getting quite optimistic about they actually optimistic enough about the full year to put those um, uh, to, 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 to put their um, uh, estimates uh, up for, for their guidance up for the end of the year. Um, so I think this is great. I have said over the last number of months um, that I, I believe, in fact, I think I probably started saying it last year, but um, I think that M&S has, has been turning a corner. Um, I think it's doing quite well in the food with Ocado. Um, and I think it is addressing long-term problems with its clothing um, stuff. And uh, yeah, I think they've, they've done pretty well. Um, you're right there. I, I am. Some workmen have just decided they're going to make a hell of a lot of noise next door. So apologies if you can hear that's that. That's right. It's okay. It's okay. I thought I, I thought you might have been going through a shredder or something. Uh, it, I was going to ask if you're like okay. That, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, um, okay. So that's so so that that was that in retail. I mean, are you a, are you an M and S fan? Um, I've got to be honest. I haven't spent a lot of time or money in there over the years. Um, but I, I think they're an interesting company to follow. Um, yeah. Just because you're, of the demographic of their customers. You're too young, Junk. You're too young, Duncan. I mean, you need to be at least forty, I reckon, to go in there. Or actually, you know, you could I suppose you could go in there for the baby stuff, maybe, but and, um, and food. And... All right, all right. 
I'll <laughs> 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 have to make sure my girlfriend doesn't no, listen no, to this episode. No, no, actually, no, no, it's true. No, it's pretend, no, no, we'll, okay, I'll see if I can, I can't edit that out. Anyway. No, that's right, fine, so, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, uh, anyway, right, so next thing, next thing, uh, so we've gone retail, we've got a new things now. Really interesting um, sort of one-off um, one-off uh, bits and pieces here. Um, so we've got UK banks experimenting with sharing branches. Um, there are two places, um, one in Essex, one outside Glasgow. And um, they have, I think it's f- uh, five banks, I think it is, hmm. that are in one place. Um, I think this is clearly counterintuitive. Um, for Yeah, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive for the banks. However... I think this is the best solution to um, to help. So it will at once it will help customers because it will give them somewhere physical to go. Um, but on the other hand, it will address the fact that you know lots of banks have been shutting down um, their branches over many many years. Um, so so I think that that's a good that is a good compromise. Um, what, what do you what, what do you think, Duncan? I mean, do you think you'd, you'd be in the say the Barclays queue and just look longingly over at the the, the Lloyd's queue and think, ah, oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe I, I might maybe I might change. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you think do you, do you imagine yourself doing that potentially? I mean, I think the whole concept's a bit of a weird one because I think people are quite loyal to the bank they choose, hmm. um, and I think the only reason people tend to change is if they provide a service that no one else is doing, so like an improved app or an improved online service. Hmm. Which brings me to the other point where I think this is daft because I think majority of people do their own banking online anyway now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think yeah, I find it an odd one because, like I said, I think people would would be very loyal to a bank unless, like I said, someone else provides a service that their bank isn't providing yeah. or or a ridiculous switch and we'll give you 500 quid sort of thing, which yeah. I know banks were doing a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that would, that would tempt me to change particularly. Mm. No, I mean, I think it's, it is an interesting concept though. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. The, the, the thing is, is they, it was an experiment. The experiment has been, it's decided, that's why it was in the news this week, it was decided mm. to extend it. I can see that working. I really can. I think that they will do this, um, and, uh, and and you know we'll just see how it goes. I guess. Um, and then the other thing as well is Lixil, which is a uh, so L I X I L. It's a Japanese company that makes uh, makes toilets, shower fittings, you know that kind that kind of stuff. Um, and they what they've done is they've they've decided that over lockdown that they make they use digital showrooms uh, to sell uh, to sell their goods to people, and I think that and they said that they're going to make that permanent feature. I think that sounds like an eminently sensible thing to do. Um, I think that other uh, types of companies will also do something like that. I mean, I think anyone or anything selling big stuff. Um, I'm sorry if I'm getting a bit technical here, but you know, um, the the anyone selling big stuff would benefit from this. So I did wonder whether, for instance, um, uh, this would be good for IKEA. Okay, so you could have an IKEA. So IKEA is looking to have more town centre options, um, and uh, so obviously it won't be able to show absolutely everything it can do. But if it, it if there's more use of uh, digital showrooms um, where you can you know presumably plug in um the dimensions of your room and where the windows are and stuff like that i think that that's a really good thing and wouldn't um, that also be good news for those uh, hgv drivers as well uh yeah potentially yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um 
so yeah so i think this is good um then we've got um we work offering pay as you go desks um which you know 45 quid a day i think that's a quite a quite a canny idea i think that that will get some people in um and it will actually maybe act as something where they could um start off like that and then and then sign um longer contracts i think hmm. so i think that that would be really good um i did say in today's watson's daily uh, about um private members clubs um which uh, probably have an I- image of a some sort of dodgy um you know old man's kind of club where they all sit around smoking cigars um but <laughs> actually it's it's not they're not all like that <laughs> um the the you know i've 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 um you know i've been to to quite a few of them over over the years um as as a guest um and they really vary from uh, very um you know oak paneled walls uh, you know say blokes in stripy suits wearing um you know smoking cigars um right through to uh hyper trendy sort of you know I, I mean like shoreditch house i went to a few times which is owned by soho house which i was talking about today um you know they 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 haven't done very well they had a bit of a disastrous float um they haven't done very well their price their share price is still below that of the ipo but um my point of all this is that i think that they could also offer a particular potentially attractive um option for for say entrepreneurs or people looking for space in which a comfortable and nice space in which to work and mm. you know having been to a couple of those places especially i mean they really are very nice you know i mean um uh you, you know like shoreditch house has got a, a, a swimming pool on the roof you've got a couple of restaurants in there you've got a nice bar area you've got a lounge area um they've got meeting rooms I, i'm not you know sponsored by them or anything i'm just saying that you know they are actually quite if you wanted to, if you were in town and you wanted to go somewhere to work and you know you'd be able to sit down and not be jostled out the way um whatever it's a it's a great place to go so i think that um those it will be interesting to see whether they decide to try to go for that kind of market um yeah, i think that's in particular you touched on it there but for people like your kind of your social media mm. entrepreneurs and youtubers and things like that that maybe <clears throat> would benefit from the fact that these places have very good internet and very good all that sort of thing but don't mm. want to pay for an office full time sounds like a yeah. great plan for doesn't it yeah Plus, you know, you can that one also has a, a gym, it has accommodation as well. So, I mean, like literally you could it's like, how you know, you could use it as an office, but there's so many other mm. things as well. So, um, yeah. so, so it's quite good. Um, and it's quite an impressive place to take clients as well, you know, because because, uh, you know, it's, it's quite exclusive and, and uh, you, you know that you're going to get a table or sit down or whatever. It's very, it's very good. Uh, anyway, um, apart from that, you've got uh, Walmart. They're offering the use of um, uh, deliver- their own proprietary delivery platform to third parties, which I think is is uh, is is good. Um, it means that there'll be another income stream for them. Um, so, so that's very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, so those are, those are the, what we've just mentioned. There are companies that are experimenting with, um, new different things. Hmm. Um, but in terms of other, uh, individual stories this week, you've got Xiaomi, um, the uh, Chinese, uh, the Chinese smartphone maker, um, become the world's second biggest mobile phone manufacturer in the second quarter, pushing Apple into the third spot. Um, it, it also has doubled its market share in Europe in the last 12 months, 
uh, to 24%. And it has become the top seller in Denmark, Belgium, Ukraine and Russia. So really interesting there. I must say a few years ago, I did say I thought Xiaomi was going to be the next big thing. Uh, it did very well for a bit and then it, it, it didn't do very well. Uh, but now I think it's back on the rise. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing how it, how it can do that. What it essentially does is provide apple type uh you know design and and stuff um but it is much cheaper um so was it cham- champagne functionality on beer pro- i don't know uh, anyway so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i was trying to anyway apart from that um other things you might have heard me talk about only fans um, just once uh, or twice just, just once or twice <laughs> um because obviously last so only fans well known for dodgy content um and uh <laughs> okay, so well known for dodgy content said dodgy. last week we're not going to do any dodgy content um actually they use different words um but um we're not going to use any dodgy content this week they said um, yeah, we are still not going to need to use any dodgy content. And then straight, and they said that we're not going to use any dodgy content because the banks that, you know, oil <laughs> lubricate the wheels, they, oh, and they, 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 so they, they lubricate the wheels. They don't, um, they, uh, you know, they, they, they're all, they're all a bunch of prudes and, um, you know, don't want us to deal with this kind of thing. It's all their fault. And then shortly after that, they turned around and went, no, actually, we're still going to keep our dodgy content. Thank you very much. Just proving the fact that um, that, that uh, for OnlyFans, um, porn is more important than banks. Um, so you heard it here. A very... <laughs> who knew? <laughs> <laughs> who, knew? who knew? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so um, that was quite interesting. And I think understandable. I mean, I did say at the time, I thought, God, you know, surely they'll just find someone who's going to do it. Um, because it's it's good business it's regular business um but the danger is is that some of the i'm sure some of the content creators would have been really scared out of their wits at the prospect of losing uh, losing money or losing that platform and i think that they will be very keen to try to diversify um the number of platforms they're on in order mm. to make sure if something did happen like that that they're not going to be left uh, left hanging um oh, so how many puns and innuendos in one story i'm so sorry but oh it's just you know it's an open door and it's an open door um but um yeah apart apart from that we've got um the fca giving up on on finance they said they don't tell us they can't tell us anything that we want to know um so more uh questionability as it were on on um on the cryptocurrency side of things, uh, DD Chuxing, the the uh, t- t- the Chinese uh, ride hailer, um, has dropped its UK expansion or postponed its UK and European expansion because um, of obviously you know Chinese pressure and you know stuff to do with data uh, data usage and things like that. Um, and then the final thing um, was really Peloton uh, cutting its oh god I've just realised so Peloton cutting its uh, 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 prices of its bike, so that was uh, quite significantly as well. Yeah, I think is, if you're on the monthly plan, it's about a tenner cheaper, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is significant. It is significant. So, was it? For, um, I I looked on um, the the UK sites, like from it's like fifth. Uh, fi- uh, uh, hold on a minute. How much is it? It's uh, four hundred quid cheaper. So per month, uh, sorry, four hundred quid cheaper for the bike. Um, so it's quite uh, quite a lot cheaper. Still quite a lot of money. Um, but like I say, if I think if you like 
as a, as an ex cyclist and triathlete, although you wouldn't think of it now uh, looking at me, but I I would say if you if you're a proper cyclist, go for a watt bike. If you like um, spin classes, go for a P, uh, go for peloton. Is what I would say. Fair enough. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, you're... I would agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, your proper cyclist watt bike is definitely is definitely more a more efficient tool. Yeah. Um, but if you like the kind of being coached through it and the social aspect of a spin class, then yeah, peloton is definitely the tool for you. I think. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, I'm sorry I've gone over time. Um, That's okay. Duncan, you're a legend, as always. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for all the listeners for listening to us. I hope you haven't missed us too much, but we are going to be back again, um, you know, uh, from, from now till, well, till eternity, I think, actually, you know, uh, probably till Christmas. Yeah, but, uh, but there you go. Thank you very much indeed, Duncan. Um, I hope you have a great, great afternoon. Thank you, you very much indeed, listeners. And we will be back again, um, again soon. Many thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.